It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavist, certified nutrition specialist and licensed nutritionist. Today's show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company specializing in life-changing nutrition education. Here is a simple life-changing comment that a weight and wellness class member wrote on her evaluation sheet. I had constant muscle pain and heartburn when I started the weight and wellness series. This is what she said. Now I have none of these issues and I am feeling so much better. Plus, you know what? I lost weight. You know, at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we're so pleased to hear these life-changing stories. I mean, we hear them almost Mm -hmm. every day, if not, you know, several times a day. So if you're sitting at home with a health condition, you may be thinking, well, if drugs can't help me, how could nutrition help me? You know, the food that I eat, how could that possibly help? It can, and we hear these positive comments every day. Now it is may take some, you know, some work on your mm-hmm. part. It does. Definitely. And maybe you'll have to cook real food. That's a possibility. <laughs> and you might have to give up your pancakes or your afternoon cookies. But the payoff is big. It is so mm-hmm. big. Less pain, more energy, a feeling of well-being. So let me introduce our co-host today, joining me. We're going to have fun. We always have fun with <laughs> Anna Durrock, yes. and who is a licensed nutritionist with a master's mm-hmm. degree in nutrition. She sees clients in our Maple Grove office, teaches many of our nutrition classes for local businesses and community organizations. And you're also doing a lot of long distance clients these days. Mm-hmm. You just told me that this morning. Yes. So it's kind of, it's exciting. I love it. And you've been around uh, Nutritional Weight and Wellness now for how many years, Anna? Um, eight and a half. Oh, my gosh. Years, yeah. I love oh, it. wonderful. Love oh, every wonderful. minute of it. Now, she's also a mother of three healthy young children. Mm-hmm. You know, she did a lot in these eight years. <laughs> Master's <laughs> degree, eight kids, you know, three kids, eight years of work, lots of things. Lots of things. So, she, you know, <clears> as <throat> a mother of healthy kids, she has lots of tricks up her sleeves to help picky eaters. Mm-hmm including how to get vegetables into their meals. <laughs> and sometimes that's hard. So, yeah. Welcome to the show, Anna. Thanks, Dar. Thanks for having <laughs> me. Um, but since you mentioned to help change your health, you may need to cook real food, which is what we talk about all the time. Yes, we do. Um, I wanted to mention a new book, and it was it's written by Mike, Michael Pollan. And for some of you may have heard of him, um, but it's called Cooked. So just Cooked. And basically what Michael Pollan says in his book, this is his quote, he says, cooking is the single most important thing that an average person can do to make a difference in their health. That's pretty simple. Very simple. I mean, you know, if you just start to cook more, this is, and you know, this is the same message that we have been talking about at Nutritional and Weight, weight and Wellness for over 20 years. And I know Dara's been saying it for way longer than that. So again, probably before I was born. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> So just eat real food and cook it. Cook more. You know, Anna, I like the st- statement that Michael Pollan made that counting calories mm-hmm. or obsessing about nutrients or adding up points is not going to get you anywhere. 
Right. He said there is something inherent in the process of cooking that will drive you toward using better ingredients Mm -hmm. and not using too much salt, fat, or sugar. Right. That's kind of, that's... That's really interesting to think about it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a profound statement, actually, isn't it? Right, because of all the fad diets and the, you know, all those things that you count points and calories and fat grams. But you you don't need to do that if you're actually cooking good food. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I found when my girls, so Isabel and Genevieve, hello, you better be listening. <laughs> I told them to listen this morning. Um, but I found they love to cook with me. And every time they pull up their chair or their stool and they start chopping vegetables, Isabel loves to t- chop the mushrooms and the zucchini. Genevieve okay. usually tries to skin the carrots for me. She also chops as many vegetables as I let her. And do you let them use sharp knives? I do. Sometimes <laughs> you have to, right? But I'm, exactly. the, I'm right there. I'm right there. They're getting better. Um, and they feel like they have made this masterpiece. And so they're so much more apt to actually eat it, you mm-hmm. know, and eat more of it. And I feel good that I'm teaching my, my girls and someday my son how to cook real food. And they're always going to have that that um, good information, you know, they're going to know how to eat. So, Anna, do you spend any time on teaching them how to cook, make cookies or cakes or any of that stuff? <laughs> Not really. It's <laughs> because I don't want them to think that that's normal. I don't want them to think, you know, they need to have a bunch of sugar and things like that. You don't like want that. them to think that that's what cooking is all about. Yeah, it's like cooking is cooking meals and real food and eating meat and vegetables. So, yeah, we don't spend a lot of time in that. You know, and another story that I really liked about Michael Pollan is his French fry story. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. He said he went to visit an Idaho potato farm, you know, a conventional Idaho pot- potato farm. And I did that about 30 years ago, and it was in Rexburg, Idaho. Okay. And he said, and I remember this too, <laughs> he stood in fields that were soaked with pesticides. And I remember okay. seeing fl- planes flying over these potato fields, spraying out pesticides. And that's exactly what he found. There was so much pesticide sprayed on the potato crop that the farmers would actually stay out of their fields for days. And I remember, you know, when I was in Rexburg, they were warning people, don't go out into the 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 potato fields because of the pesticides. And what they would do actually is they would bring the potatoes that they were going to eat personally. They would get organic potatoes and raise them right close to their house <laughs> so that they wouldn't get sprayed. Oh, my goodness. Now, guess what? The McDonald's and other fast food companies are the big buyers of these pesticide-soaked potatoes. Mm-hmm. So how do pesticide-soaked French fries fit into our topic today, <laughs> I bet you're wondering? Uh-huh. So the gut health connection to weight loss. So that's a really good question, how this connects. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been teaching people in our weight and wellness series that poor intestinal health slows metabolism and increases cravings. We've been teaching that now for 15 years at least. Uh, At least. What could be causing you to have poor intestinal health? Well, if you ask yourself that question, many things. But certainly eating pesticide-soaked potatoes (laughs) that are fried in trans fats and refined oil or soybean oil could be the culprit. Yeah. And I I think we we don't realize how important our intestinal tract is for overall health. Your intestinal tract makes 100 trillion living bacteria. That's me that's that's a lot of yes. bacteria. Yeah. I mean I guess it doesn't make up. You have to get that from somewhere. Yes. I mean it doesn't make it on its own. You have to get it from places. So 
I mean, the first place we get it from is breast milk. But then after that, you're done. You got to get it from somewhere else. And we want good. And we want good bacteria. So ideally, you know, we want most of your intestinal tract to be made up of the good bacteria, like Dar just said. Unfortunately, a lot of lifestyle factors and environmental factors, such as eating the potatoes with pesticides, mm-hmm. um, throw your gut out of whack. And, you know, and, and your intestinal tract is way more than just digesting your food. It is your second brain, okay? Remember that. I'm going to say this again. It is your second brain, and it supports and cr- or creates 80% of your immune system. So your intestinal tract, Anna, you're saying is kind of like your second brain, mm-hmm. and 80% of your in- of your immune function yes. comes from your intestinal Comes intest- from your intestinal tract, yes. So here's, if you said <laughs> that, I'm going to say, if your intestinal tract is a second brain... I bet it has something to do with cravings. <laughs> yeah. You know, here's another thought for some people. Could it be emotional eating is really just a gut reaction? <laughs> I love that statement. <laughs> but yes, totally. I think, and you know, I think a lot of people might be wondering too, you know, how does my intestinal bacteria affect my metabolism? We don't think of bacteria as affecting metabolism. Right. And you know, what do I do when my body fights weight loss? Well, we hear that one all the time. Right. We do. Yep. And these are interesting questions. So let's see what researchers have found. Okay. Researchers at Arizona State University's Biodesign Institute um, and the University of Arizona and the Mayo Clinic in Arizona conducted a very small study of nine individuals, three people of normal weight, three who were morbidly obese, and three who had undergone gastric bypass surgery. Each group had different intestinal bacteria, but after bypass surgery... This group of three each had bacteria similar to those of normal weight. So that's kind of interesting. The bypass people Mm -hmm. had the same. And so the people of normal weight had a different kind of bacteria than the obese people. Yep. That's kind of an interesting thing. Mm Mm-hmm. So I suppose we maybe we should probably take a because yes. we'll come back to some more. We'll research. come back to more of this research, but we have to take our first break. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, and we all know it is important to eat your fruits and vegetables. But many people think French fries count as vegetables. Back to those French fries again. I know, <laughs> but they you know they don't, and most most people don't realize that a quarter of the population that eats the least amount of fruits and vegetables has double the incidence of most types of cancers. So how do I get my kids to eat vegetables? This is one of the easiest things I do. And um, I use Annie's Ranch. It's called Cowgirl Ranch. Or I make our own Little Dippers recipe. Mm -hmm. I love both of them. So do my kids. And then I let my girls slice cukes, red peppers. They love zucchini. Um, Any type... and. Genevieve could live on tomatoes, so cherry tomatoes. Oh, yes. And and then we put down a beach towel and have a little snack picnic, you know? And it, you can even do it on a day like today. You just have to do it inside. Right? <laughs> yes, exactly. So it's fun. They love picking up the toothpicks and, and eating it with the toothpicks. Just make it fun. If you guys have questions for us, call 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. I am feeling really gassy today. I have indigestion and I'm bloated. Oh, wow. I'm constipated. It's not so easy to discuss digestive distress, but it's so common that Tums and the Little Purple Pill have become a way of life. 
If you're tired of masking your digestive problems, nutritional weight and wellness can help. Good nutrition can soothe heartburn, eliminate gas and bloating, calm stomachs, and restore healthy bowel patterns to people just like you. Call Nutritional Weight and Wellness today at 651-699-3438 to schedule an individual digestive consultation. A nutritionist will analyze your health history and eating patterns and create a plan that rebalances your intestinal health. Imagine no more stomach aches, acid reflux, or elimination problems. Relief begins immediately for many people, and nutritional healing can resolve even long-standing issues. Nutritional Weight and Wellness, 651-699-3438, or visit their website, weightandwellness.com, to learn more about classes or individual consultations. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, if you've been struggling with extra weight or aches and pains or gas and bloating and constipation, maybe it's time to make a change. When you sign up to take Nutrition for Weight Loss or Weight and Wellness Series, we provide the information and the encouragement. You know, we actually provide the how-tos and the whys, but you really must provide the commitment. (laughs) You know, I always think it is best to commit yourself for success by going 100% all in. Mm -hmm. You know, there is a big difference between being interested and making a commitment. You know, when you're interested in doing something, you do it when the circumstance permits. (laughs) For example, you eat healthy when your spouse makes good food for you. Or if you don't have lunch prepared, you slide through a fast food lane and you say to yourself, well, it's just this one time, you know. (laughs) And when you are committed to something, you accept no excuse from yourself. Mm -hmm. Just think about that. Mm -hmm. When you're committed to something, you accept no excuse from yourself. You only accept results. Commitment is a state of being invested, really invested in something, invested in in it emotionally, Mm -hmm. and invested in it intellectually to the course of your action. Mm -hmm. So I have to give you an example. Andrea, she's one of our Mm -hmm. nutrition educators, is an example of how she has used True commitment for her health recovery. You know, she cooks in batches, so she's always prepared for both lunch and dinner with a healthy, organic meal. And if you want to read more about how Andrea does that, check our um, last Tuesday. We had an email newsletter from Weight and Wellness. Check it out. Read it over because she had some really good tips and hints. You know, I believe commitment starts with a choice you make. And it is then driven by dedication and a desire to be successful. One of the things I would say is action speaks louder than words. (laughs) And it does. And And it shows up, too. And we see that in class, don't we? Yes, we do. Sometimes when people get into the funny little details and are asking questions about, they're not into the action of doing yet. Mm -hmm. It's always a clue. Yep. (laughs) Definitely. see it all the time. so we were talking about this research and yes. that, that found that the people that were very obese, mm-hmm. they almost seem to nurture the bacteria that promote fat storage right. yep. and weight gain. Right. You know, we, we recognize this was a really a small study, but I think it gives us some clues to how to view metabolism. Mm-hmm. You know, really what we want to do is the ratio of good bacteria to bad bacteria may be the one of the more important factors in your health and weight. Mm-hmm. And it's a new thought for a lot of people. Right. 
You know, there have been more than 200 studies linking, linking inadequate good bacteria known as, known as probiotics to different health issues, including obesity and weight gain. And that's kind of interesting. I know. And this is another interesting study, too. This this had 800 subjects. So it's a, it was a much larger study. It was pu- published in the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism. And they found that overweight people may be more likely to have the type of bacteria that stores fat that may contribute to weight gain. And that was what that study before, that smaller study, was mm-hmm. was was really and was explaining, you know, exactly. that they have different bacteria. And these people also had the highest level of this type of fat storage bacteria. Um, they were more likely to be heavier and have more body fat. So less lean and more body fat. We do have a couple questions. So, okay, let's take questions again off of okay. research a yes. little bit. Here. Yeah, well, let's make it a little lighter. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, Julie. Did you have a question for us? I do have a question about uh, healthy fast food, sardines. Oh, yes. yeah, that's a great healthy fast food. I have a question about uh, do sardines that are smoked have decreased nutritional value? Does it matter, smoked versus not smoked? You know, I don't know that. I'm I'm looking at Anna saying, Anna... <laughs> <laughs> Help me out here. Uh, I would think not. I think right. I think they would be perfectly fine. Okay. Either way. Yeah. Yep. Either way. Just don't get them in soybean oil. Okay. Yes. Yep. That's great. <laughs> Good so question. Much. Thank great. you for calling Thanks, us Julie. this morning. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yep. Bye. And that's a oh, that was a nice thing to think of is mm-hmm. sardines as being a healthy fast food. Yes. No one ever thinks of that. No. But and they're really good. Or like yep. a can of salmon. Yep. I do you know, I, what I do with sardines sometimes is I I get the water pack for some yeah. reason. I like that better. Okay. And then I put a little bit of, I smash them down, put a little bit of mayonnaise with them, mm-hmm. and maybe a little bit of celery and a little bit of onion, and they're good. They're like healthy tuna. Yes, and that's what I do. That's how I get my girls to eat sardines. Oh, good. Yep, I make them into a, a sardine salad. Okay. Yep. And Isabel, we eat them for breakfast. And we have uh, Audrey. Yes. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Did you have a question for us? I do. I have an eight-year-old grandson who does not eat meat of any shape or way, shape or form. He loves, you know, peanut butter and he eats uh, cheese and that sort of thing, but he cannot, he cannot eat meat at all. It just doesn't, uh, I don't know if it's texture, I don't know if it's taste, but he's been like that. He's never eaten meat, never. Well, I think there's a, you know, I think there's some ways to look at that and to maybe, um, we have a great recipe. It's called turkey quinoa stew. Mm-hmm. And you, it's ground turkey and there's lots of vegetables in it and the quinoa. And for some reason, the turkey gets lost in this quinoa stew. <laughs> and so it's one of the ways that it, often we can get people to eat that that are either maybe they've been vegetarian in the past or they have this aversion to meat mm-hmm. and it slides in and they're eating it and they don't even realize it. And I think we can you can kind of do that with chili too. Yeah. You can kind of smash up the beans and, and put in ground, you know, grass-fed meat, which is the best, mm-hmm. and yeah. you can slide it in and hide it. And then one of my other tricks is always, and you do this, Anna, all mm-hmm. the time, is the toothpick trick. Yes. If you put... You know, little pieces of meat, you know, sandwich it in between a couple of little pieces of cheese and you put it on a toothpick and maybe put a couple of tomatoes on each end. They think they're eating something that is a party food and then they eat it. 
Okay, so it's that's a good that's a good idea. So it's out tricking yeah. them. Yeah, it's out tricking them, and I, and sometimes you know too, like if they're low in in HCL, they don't they do have aversions to meat. They don't feel good when they eat it. So that could be it too. You might need a consult. Yeah, you know? that's right. Part, part of it is he's um, he's uh, he can't eat um, wheat, so right. they're totally wheat wheat free mm-hmm. too. Sure. So, so which is so, which is fine, and he seems to be very healthy. Yeah. But for but, that for but, that fact, I'm not, I'm not eating meat, which I don't know if that's a bad thing or... Well, it's not healthy. And I think no. one of the things is that he is missing some um, good beneficial good bacteria. bacteria, what mm-hmm. we're talking about. He's probably right. missing some bifidobacteria. Yep, so he's and not digesting By it. just adding some bifidobacteria to, you know, two or three times a day would it would change his likes and dislikes of food. Yeah. How did, how did you, what kind of bacteria, say it again, please? It's called bifidobacteria. Yeah. It is exactly what is in breast milk. Oh, okay. So, Very good. So, you know, we have a powdered bifidobacteria, and it's easy to take. You just mix it in a little bit of water. Mm-hmm. and doesn't taste it, like anything. No, it tastes, you know, no yeah. taste. Wonderful. Okay. What yeah. a great idea. All Thank right. You. Thank so you much. for Thanks, the Thanks, Audrey. Well, Miss Anna, let's see. How are we doing? Okay. Maybe um, a couple minutes, and okay. then we'll have to take a break. You know, we're going back to some of this research that we've been talking about, you know, actually researchers found people with higher levels of bad bacteria and a deficiency of good bacteria. Had, and this is what we're talking about with this young boy. Yes. You know, he not that he has a weight problem, but he's got other problems. Yep. You know, so how how do you know if you're... Deficient in good bacteria. That's a good. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of different ways you can tell. You know, one of the things you may have, you may be a picky eater mm-hmm. like this boy. Yep. Or you may have gas and bloating. Yeah, that's huge. Or you may have constipation or diarrhea or both. Or you may have acid reflux. Or skin problems like acne or eczema. It's really interesting to think about that is mm-hmm. the, the, the gut bacteria affects your skin. Yes. My, my mom, if she has gluten, mm-hmm. hives all over her body. Okay. So headaches, that's another one. If you don't mm-hmm. have good bacteria, you have too much bad, you get, you're more prone to headaches, headaches. especially migraine headaches. Yes. Urinary tract infections, which I dealt with for my whole childhood. Oh, really? But yes. now they're gone? They're because... gone, but I had like total yeast overgrowth Okay. when I was a kid. So yes. And some people have trouble sleeping, and yes. that's sometimes just a lack of good bacteria. Yep. Um, inability to lose weight, which those researchers were talking about. And we know for sure cravings for processed carbs and sugars. Yes. If you have a lot of bad bacteria, that encourages your system to want more sugar. sugar. That's right. It's not a good thing. And the the best ratio would be 15% bad bacteria and 85% good bacteria. That's what we're looking for. But we are going to take our second break. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, and we are discussing the gut health connection to a good metabolism and healthy weight loss. And it may surprise you to learn that a healthy intestinal tract provides you with a good metabolism, good moods, good energy, good digestion, and good energy. And if you want to learn more um, about this subject, we teach a class called Gut Reaction, and there's one going to be going on on Saturday, June 15th from 10 to noon in our Maple Grove office, and we would love to see you there, and I'll be teaching it. So if you want to meet me or just 
Get yep. some great information. Have fun. Please come to our class. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. If you have questions for us today, call 651-641-1071. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, we believe that nutrition is important for every aspect of your health. So to me, it makes perfect sense that your nutrition would affect your fertility. And researchers have found nutrition makes an amazing impact on both men and women's fertility. Mm. You know, if fertility is an issue for you, if it's a concern, mm. you know, take our nutrition and fertility class that we're going to teach Wednesday, June 18th, at our North Oaks office, you know, and then if that doesn't work out and you prefer to work individually with a nutritionist, you know, just set up an individual consultation. You know, many couples do both. They take the class and they set up individual consultations. And to make an appointment, call 651-699-3438 and we'll be happy to answer any questions you might have. Yes. And we've got callers. Yes, so. we're going to take callers. Okay. Sounds good. Good morning, Joanne. Did you have a question for us? Yes, too. <clears throat> it's about aluminum baking pans and aluminum frying pans. Okay. And then also barbecue grills. <clears throat> Which is better uh, for your digestive health, gas or the charcoal barbecue grills? And Let's with go that, ba- I'm going to hang up so I can hear your answer, okay? Okay, we're going to go okay. back to the aluminum stuff. Yes. I would say throw it out. <laughs> That's just don't cook in aluminum. Yep. It's not safe. Yep. That's it. I mean, yep. you're getting too much of it in the system. And so, Anna, her yes. other question then was grilling on a gas grill or charcoal. charcoal? And that would definitely be probably gas would be safer. And probably at a little lower temperature yes. than you don't want it, you know, the heat so high that it's flaring up and burning. Yep. Because then you're getting, and I'm not sure what toxins, but you're certainly getting some toxins. Yep. More more carcinogens, definitely. Yep. You don't want the charred meat. (laughs) No, you don't. You know, and then it doesn't taste good either. And, you know, actually one of the things that I read the other day that about, uh, especially especially with grass-fed meat, Mm -hmm. they said to maybe bake it or cook it a little bit. And then just sear it. And then just put it on the grill at the very end. Yep. Oh, that's... that's and I read that too, and okay. that was in my co-op newsletter. Okay, yes, and it was from Thousand Hills Cattle Company owner. Okay, he told he he was talking specifically about how to, especially steaks. Steaks okay. huge, and if you don't tenderize a grass-fed steak or, um, or you know, you it'll turn out really tough and hard. Okay, so so should we take another caller? Yes. or What do you think? Yep, let's take another caller. Okay. Good morning, Susan. Did you have a question for us? Yes, thank you. I'm all into this stuff. I'm excited. I've been listening for several years. I've lost 70 pounds and and I'm really trying to work on my last 30. I've been stagnant for about six months now, so I'm getting into the nitty-gritty details. Okay. (laughs) Hence, leaky gut. And I've just been reading about leaky gut that legumes and beans, including my favorite green beans, all have a thing called lectins and saponins or saponins. I'm not sure. Saponins. 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 And that contributes to leaky gut. Are you telling me that I can no longer have um, like kidney beans in my chili or green beans? No, we're not saying that. And I think that sometimes you have to take the information and see if it makes a lot of sense. Now, if 
that's the only thing you were eating, maybe it would be a problem. Mm-hmm. But if you're mixing it with meat and other vegetables like you would with green beans or in a chili, chili. it is perfectly fine. And we think that it makes much more sense to go in and heal your intestinal tract. So you can you can handle those different types of foods that have lectins and saponins. Yes. Excellent. And so, you know, start with bifidobacteria because that's what we have. 70% of our intestinal tract is bifidobacteria. Yep. So you want to get that in there. So several times a day. Yep. And then you have another favorite. Yes. L-glutamine. Yes. Oh. It's the most important thing to heal the gut. So like, you know, that leaky gut, you know, when you have holes in the gut, that's what actually heals the tissue. So you want both that bifidol that Dyer was talking about to help you digest the food, and then you want the L-glutamine to heal the tissue. And then what I always recommend is is, is taking some extra omega-3 yes. fatty acids because that reduces the inflammation mm-hmm. that is in your intestinal tract so that the other things can go in and heal. Yep. Excellent, excellent advice always. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you Thank so you. much for listening, Susan. A, yeah, that was a great call. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, we have Julie. Okay, she well, has a question for about sure. dairy. All right. Good morning. Good. good morning, Julie. Good morning, good morning, Julie. A question for us? Yes, I have a question about uh, dairy. Yes. I I don't do well drinking milk. I just get bloaty and gassy with milk. But I do like, and I don't seem to have any trouble with cheese or sour cream or other dairy products. So I'm just wondering if you can talk about how the enzymes react with dairy. Well, I think it depends on, I mean, you you obviously, it's more like a lactose intolerance Mm -hmm. because the milk sugars are high in milk, of course. And by the time it gets to be yogurt or cheese, um, some of those, that lactose has been digested or eaten up. Yeah, somehow changed Mm -hmm. so that you can digest it better. Now, some people, that's all they have to do is they have to cut out milk. Other people are actually sensitive to the protein that is in dairy, and that's casein. And so that will give them more reactions, and sometimes that is, like, you know, that could be a skin reaction, right? Right, especially eczema, yep. Yep, and so you have to look at what are you reacting to in the dairy. But for you, it seems as though the only thing that you're reacting to would be the lactose. Mm -hmm. So just eliminate the milk. Sounds good. Yeah. All right, great. All right, good question. Thanks, Julie. So we were talking about, you know, before about what are some of the lifestyle and environmental factors that, you know, we talked about the good ratio is probably about 85% good and 15% bad. So what interferes with that ratio? You know, remember the potatoes sprayed with pesticides that I talked about? Yep. Pesticides kill off good bacteria. Mm -hmm. So that's why we really recommend eating organic or pesticide, I'll say that word for me, (laughs) pesticide-free foods, (laughs) especially potatoes. Yes. Or any 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 highly sprayed, yeah, berries and all that stuff. Yes. Um, And then so does chlorinated water. And most people don't think about this, but chlorine kills bacteria. So, and that's why we usually recommend pure filtered water if possible. And, you know, if... Antibiotics, mm-hmm. you know, antibiotics, of course, kills bad bacteria, right? But it also kills good bacteria. <laughs> but here's another one that I don't think people realize is antibiotics that are found in meat and dairy products. Mm-hmm. And a lot of animals are fed a lot of antibiotics to stay healthy in a very confined area. area. 
So this past week, one of my clients, she had a goal on antibiotics because she had strep. And suddenly she had intense sugar cravings. Ugh. And she said, she said, I was doing so well. What's going on? <laughs> so you have to say, has this ever happened to you after a round of antibiotics mm-hmm. suddenly have intense cravings? Mm-hmm. So if you take antibiotics, you must really protect your intestinal tract with bifidobacteria. Yes. And uh, take a lot of it. Yes. And just, you know, and increase it while you're on that antibiotic. Mm-hmm. The other medications that kind of mess around with your intestinal health are the anti-inflammatory drugs such as Motrin, Advil, mm-hmm. um, ibuprofen, and also prednisone. And I have the same thing. Um, this woman, my, one of my clients, longtime client, she had to be on prednisone for a year because it was part of her cancer treatment. Okay. And she gained 60 pounds. She had the worst cravings she'd ever had. Mm-hmm. And she'd been eating this way for a while. So I think most people, you know, realize after a round of prednisone, they can gain weight easily, but they don't realize, you know, how it affects their gut health. And how it also affects their long-term, their long-term metabolism. Yes, metabolism. Exactly. So, so they, you know, they really need a lot of support and encouragement because their metabolism is going to be slower. Slower down. Yep. And they... They shouldn't beat themselves up. No, exactly. It will get better. You just, you know, it it, 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 ha- it has affected it. So, mm-hmm. um, but so if you are one of those people who, you know, pop the Advil or the ibuprofen or Motrin for a headache or after a hard workout, you know, you might be slowing your metabolism down. We don't want that to happen. You know, I think that's kind of interesting that a lot of people work out hard <laughs> or they run a I marathon they're... <laughs> they're and so they're sporting their body with... I know with the, with inflam- inflammatory things to their gut. Yes, it might help other areas, but we have to take our last and final break. So, you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, and I want to give you a simple recipe I fix for my kids. It is a healthy chocolate shake. So I use a quarter cup of canned coconut milk, half a cup of filtered water, a scoop of our Wellness Whey Vanilla or Chocolate Protein Powder, and then a scoop of our Chocolate Dynamic Greens and four to eight frozen strawberries or half a banana. It is fabulous. You just blend it in the, the blender, and it's very filling. If you guys have questions for us today, please call us at 651-641-1071. Want to bring the great information you hear each week on Dishing Up Nutrition to your workplace? Well, you can. Nutritional Weight and Wellness teaches classes at companies all over the Twin Cities. Whether your office is large or small, they have a class that's right for you. Choose a popular lunch and learn class, such as Foods for Great Energy, Stress Busting Foods, or the Food Mood Connection. Longer classes like Nutrition for Memory and Focus are perfect for wellness days. These fun and formative classes help you make good nutrition choices at work and at home. What happens when you and your coworkers eat healthier foods? Employees notice increased energy, focus, and stable moods. Employers notice less absenteeism, higher productivity, and improved management of chronic conditions. A healthy workplace leads to healthier, happier employees. Plus, it's easier to make good choices or lose weight with the support of co-workers. To bring nutrition classes to your office, call Nutritional Weight and Wellness at 651-699-3438 or go to weightandwellness.com. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Now, summer is a great time to lose weight and get rid of digestive problems and to reduce aches and pains. I challenge you, make the commitment, take Nutrition for Weight Loss program this summer, and I know you'll be smiling to yourself in August. 
You know, classes start in Wayzata and St. Paul on June 11th and in North Oaks on June 13th. You know, also, you won't have to fight the snowy, icy roads. I don't <laughs> <Hopefully>. think. <laughs> uh, we never know. So if you have questions, call 651-699-3438 and ask your questions. Mm-hmm. You know, we share the cost of the program, yep. our successes. We have no... We don't hold anything back. That's no. right. You know, I, you know um, last night, night before, actually, uh, Katie Harlow, one of our dietitians, sent me this email and was about the success of one of her clients. And Katie wrote, I started working with Sue three weeks ago. And that's not very long. (laughs) You know, she had very strong sugar cravings, and she considered herself to be addicted to sugar, Mm -hmm. as lots of clients tell us. Mm -hmm. And in just three weeks after going gluten-free and dairy-free, along with taking a good supplement of good bacteria, bifidobacteria, Mm -hmm. Sue is now completely free of all her cravings. And she said, what a relief. (laughs) <laughs> and she was actually so- shocked she could break the sugar cravings, that sugar addiction, so quickly. Mm-hmm. And she said, just, it's amazing. Yeah. And so food was really the answer. You know, it was not some deep-seated emotional problem that was causing her sugar cravings. Yeah. It was simply that she needed good bacteria in her intestinal tract. Yeah. So she could so, digest her food. I know. And clinically, as nutritionists, you know, we recognize... To maintain our health and support our metabolism and reduce those cravings, which sometimes people think they'll never get rid of because they're so bad, we must really, we we have to embrace the fact that we need good bacteria. And a lot of times we do have to supplement. Mm-hmm. You, you can't get, usually you can't get enough from eating yogurt every day if you're no. that deficient. That's right. So, um, and that's, that's why we always talk about bifidobacteria because it's the most abundant in the gut. So that's what the, that's the one you really want to focus on is the bifidobacteria, and you can get it like Dar said in a capsule form or in a powder form, um, and it's the same beneficial bacteria that, like I said before, that's found in breast milk. So when we initially come out of the womb and we eat, that's what we get. Um, hopefully, hopefully, yes. <laughs> if the mom has it, we'll get it, right? Yes, that's right. <laughs> but again, it can easily be be destroyed by a lot of things: antibiotics, the pesticides, and all, uh, those anti-inflammatory drugs. So when we stop and think about that, we've got antibiotics, pesticides, anti-inflammatory drugs. You know, if you think back a hundred years from there, a lot of these things didn't even exist. Mm-mm. So people weren't having these problems with maintaining their good bacteria back then. They didn't have the intense sugar sugar cravings. cravings. They didn't have the slow metabolisms that we're seeing in people today. Right. And then the chronic conditions that they're dealing with all the time. Yes. Yep. So think of bifidobacteria. This is how, this is my picture. It's (laughs) like this little bifidobacteria, they're wearing little capes. (laughs) Superman. And they're flying around your intestinal tract, killing off bad bacteria. Mm-hmm. And what it does is it eases constipation, it eases, gets rid of bloating, gas, and it supports your basic metabolism. Right. It's the good guys. It's the, they're the great guys. Yes, they're the superheroes. And I, you know, I've noticed so many people taking our nutrition for weight loss program complain of irritable syndrome or IBS. Yes, you a know lot. all. I mean, and I would bet easily half of them. So, and they either have the diarrhea or constipation, or it goes in droves. And the Mayo Clinic actually found that 35 million Americans have this irritable syndrome. That means one out of five people have IBS symptoms. That's a lot of people. Yes. And like I said before, when I see clients from our Nutrition for Weight Loss program, I would say at least one in three people Mm -hmm. have IBS. I would say that's true. Easily. 
So, and like I said, maybe half of them. Because I, I don't so. see all of them, obviously. Exactly. So. so IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, this is interesting. It's the second most common cause for missing work. It starts right after the common cold. Yes. You know, people with IBS certainly have more bad bacteria than good bacteria. And it's affecting bowel habits and may very well be affecting their metabolism. So it helps us realize that weight gain and slow slow metabolism, it's so much more than just calories in and calories out. Right. And that's what people used to hear. And I think they still hear that sometimes. I just had a client. Can't believe that she has to, she doesn't have to watch her calorie intake. Yes. I told her to read Gary Topps' book. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Yes. But it's hard for people to believe that. Mm -hmm. We've been brainwashed. So if people want a lot of research, mm-hmm. that's a great book. Yep. Calories in and calories. No, uh, good uh, calories, bad calories. Good calories, bad calories. And I told her to read Gary the Tons. other one because mm-hmm. it's a little bit less yes. scientific. Yes. <laughs> so, but um, our weight loss approach at Nutritional Weight and Wellness includes healing the intestinal tract and also removing those foods that you may be sensitive to. And the ones, the big ones are going to be the gluten containing foods like pasta, bagels, bread, oatmeal, and crackers. Um, and then you want to add these wonderful animal proteins like eggs, steak, chicken, turkey, and salmon, and lots and lots of vegetables. And sardines. And sardines. <laughs> all those great omega-3s. So, and you might have to eliminate milk and cheese because they tend to be the most difficult to digest. And they also tend to slow metabolism. So, sorry to say that the, maybe that bowl of ice cream <laughs> or the Friday night pizza... Maybe a thing of the past. Just might have for to your up. digestive system, <laughs> it might be the thing of the past, or at least for a while. Yeah. Yep. You never know. Sometimes that intestinal tract gets healed up, and then you can have that occasionally. Yes. But we say occasionally. Yes. And adding a supplement of bifidobacteria before each meal is very effective in reducing those cravings for sugar and processed carbs, especially with the bread, and increasing the metabolism. So when we look back at some of the research, mm-hmm. there's more and more things that are pointing that your metabolism is really made up of um, very many different things. Yes. And so it's like when we work with people, it's like trying to solve the problem of what is it? Yes. Is it not enough good bacteria? Is it eating too many processed carbohydrates and you have insulin resistance? Is it not eating enough protein? Is it sleep? Is it, oh, a big one. (laughs) Is it sleep? You know, people are sleeping five or six hours a night, and that slows their metabolism almost down to a halt. Yep. So you have to look at the big picture of metabolism these days. I think maybe 100 years ago, people could say it's calories in and calories out. Right. But we didn't, you know, but we didn't have to worry about the kind of calories that people were eating. They weren't eating trans fats. They weren't eating French fries, soap, and pesticides, and bad fat. That's right. So there's so many different things that go into this that we have to look at. And, you know, I know we're kind of running, we take another caller, but we're kind of running out of time. So if people do have call questions after the show today, um, are you seeing clients today afterwards? I'm not, but they can email me. Okay. They can. Anna at weightandwellness.com. We'd be happy to answer your questions. Yes. yes. Um, and the other thing I wanted to mention for cravings, just before yes. we go, is L-glutamine. 
we talked about it before that heals the gut, but it also helps with cravings. And I think you have found a trick to yes. help people with these cravings. I and have. And so this is sugar cravings. This is sugar cravings specifically. You put about 500 to 750 milligrams of L-glutamine, usually it's powder, under the tongue. So that is probably about uh, half. Yep, it's about, what is that? Half a teaspoon, teaspoon? Yeah. No, no, it's it's less than that. It's probably a quarter teaspoon. Okay. It's not even that much. And it's, you know, or one of our capsules under the tongue. Mm-hmm. And, and I tell you, it works for a ton of my clients. Okay. So... And I got it actually from the Diet Care, from Julia Ross. Okay, all right. So, so we're always looking at different books, yes. you know, to just always come mm-hmm. up with tips, hints and tips. Yep. So one of the things that you might want to think about, change your nutrition, to change your metabolism, it really takes a lot of commitment to your health. Yes, so, and, and real food. And Anna, thank you. Thank you very much, Dar. Have See a great later. week. Bye. Life, I love you, all is Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.